This episode of the Suns Report podcast is on the bright side of the Sun Network, the best place to get all of your Suns content. My name is John. I'm the host of the Suns Report podcast. And first and foremost, I'd just like to thank you for taking the time out of your day and listening to the Suns Report. Whether you are self-quarantining right now and you're just looking for a little escape or if you're somebody who is working in, in one of those essential jobs and this is an opportunity for you to just kind of take a step back and feel a little bit of normalcy. I think that's one thing that you don't really feel a lot of right now is just things that are normal. So hopefully by pressing play, this has given you an opportunity to just take a step back, take a an escape from your world and just kind of get lost for a little bit. Uh, I hope you enjoy listening to our content Stop by brightsideofthesun.com in case you want to see ways that you can donate or nominate some businesses that have been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. I think it's a great thing that they're doing on Brightside, providing assistance to those who are just, you know, having a hard time getting through this financially. Um, make sure if you get a chance, you follow The Suns Report on Twitter, at The Suns Report. Uh, you can hit up our Facebook page, our Instagram page. You can email the show thesunsreport at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us. Um, the podcast that you're going to hear is our Start, Bench, and Trade Jersey Number 3 podcast. These are always fun to record because it's an opportunity to go back and just kind of take a look at Suns history, see who this team is, the players who have donned the Jersey Number 3. It's like a history lesson, but we throw a fun twist on it as we try to analyze who we would start, who we would bench, and who we would trade. So we actually recorded this one back in November. So, you know, if the audio is a little bit different or off, yeah, it's not that bad. Our recording uh, audio is pretty okay. Uh, but I hope you enjoy. So let's uh, have the DJ scratch it right into this Star Bench and Trade Jersey Number 3 podcast. Thanks for listening. Higgity, higgity, higgity. Hey, hey. <laughs> Thanks for pressing play. Uh, welcome back. My name is John Voida. I will be your host for the day. <laughs> who, who are you? Uh, Matt Paul. <laughs> Matt Paul. Thanks yeah. for joining us. Sorry, folks. This is my radio voice. I'll stop that immediately. If you've been listening to us, fantastic. Thank you. We truly appreciate it. If this is your first time stopping on in, we hope you hang out with us and enjoy what you hear. We're a couple of really big Suns fans who enjoy talking about the Suns, whether yeah. it be the current NBA season and what's going on with the current team or the team of the past and the history of the Phoenix Suns. And that's actually what we're going to be doing a little bit today. We're actually going to pop into our start, bench, and trade anybody who wore the jersey number three in the history of the Phoenix Suns. So what do you think, Matthew? you think we should uh, get this thing started? Yeah, I'm going to pop this open. You can have it, though. Okay, yeah. Uh, good deal. Let's do it. Here you go. All right, game on. Jersey number three. Good looking number. Good looking number yeah. on the jersey. Very good. Uh, I do like the list, and I like how it looks on the jersey. Mm-hmm. Can't say that in all the iterations of the Suns, everybody who's worn this jersey, for the most part, I like. We have 13 Suns who have donned the number three in the history of our franchise, and we're going to take a look at all these players, go through a little bit of their history, and then we're going to ta- talk about which one we want to start, which one we would bench, and which one we would trade. Okay, and we've 
put the ground rules out there before, but if you, this is your first time listening, uh, Bench has to be somebody who at least played 50 games for the Suns. That's just an effort to avoid anybody who's done a 10-day contract. And it also has to be somebody who we feel is willing to accept that role. Okay? Make yeah. sense? No, it makes complete sense. Okay, so our first number three. You want to try to say his name? Uh, Grant Godericic. Godericic? Gondre- Gondrezic. Gondrezic. Grant Gondrezic. Gigi, <laughs> from 1985 Gigi. to 1987, was a 6'5 shooting guard from Pepperdine. Okay, he only played one season with the Suns, averaging 5.5 points a game and 1.3 assists. He was a point guard? 6'5? Shooting guard. Oh, shooting guard. Did okay. I say point? I thought he would be like a big like center. No. You know, seven foot yeah, two with, that, with that name? White. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a 6'5 shooting yeah. guard from Pepperdine. Here's a fun fact. Dennis Johnson is the number one scorer in the NBA who ever hailed from Pepperdine University with 14.1. He was a five-time All-Star, played for the Supersonics, was traded to the Suns for Paul Westfall, mm-hmm. and won two NBA titles with the, the Celtics. Oh, okay. So good for a guy who's not on this list. Uh, <laughs> good job, Dennis Johnson, for also going to Pepperdine, along with Gigi. I thought you going to say that Gigi was the second-highest scorer. No. Oh, okay. 5.5. <laughs> it was interesting, though, doing that research. I mean, there's like... 15 guys who went to yeah. Pepperdine who actually played in the pros. Oh, okay. Good for Pepperdine U. Yeah. What's their mascot? The Wave. Pe- yeah, Pepperdine Wave. That's right. Um, so there you go. First guy to ever wear number three in Suns history came in 1985. Number two on our number three list is Kenny Battle. Kenny Battle played f- or wore the number three from 1989 to 1991. He was a six foot six shooting guard from the University of Illinois. He played two seasons with the Suns for a total of 75 games, had 4.5 points per game and 2.4 rebounds per game as a member of the Suns. Uh, Kenny Battle was nicknamed the King of the 360s, and he actually competed in the 1990 NBA Slam Dunk Contest. How did he do? Uh, He actually came in last. Last in the Slam Dunk Contest in 1990. Uh, Dominique Wilkins actually won that uh, Slam Dunk Contest. So there you go, Kenny Battle. Uh, number three on our number three list from 1992 to 1994 was a six foot one point guard from Wake Forest, Frank Johnson. Remember Frank? Yeah, I do. Mostly as a coach, though. Yeah, he came yeah. back. He coached the Suns uh, in 2001 to 2004. Um, he actually ended his career as a Sun with two seasons, averaging 4.5 points per game and 2.3 assists. Do you so, know how he is related to Cam Johnson? Is he really? No. You know how he is related to him? No. Like, they both look like a bat. That's their animal. They both <laughs> that, look like that's bats. Their, that's their spirit animal. Yeah. Frank and Cam Johnson, spirit animals, e, are the bat. Good to know. <laughs> he actually uh, he was fired as a coach after going eight and thirteen. Do you remember who replaced him as head coach? Don't say Mike D'Antoni. Was it was it? Mike D'Antoni. Oh, was it? Okay, Mike D'Antoni okay. was an assistant yeah. coach, and then he took over that season. And then okay. the next year, they kind of went crazy. The next year was the 05 or 04, 05 season. Well, yeah, well, so Frank Johnson, number three. The fourth guy to wear number three on the Phoenix Suns from 1996 to 2000 was Rex Chapman. Sexy Rexy, the boy wonder from uh, Kentucky. He was a six-foot-four six point-slash-shooting guard. Um, he actually competed against Kenny Battle in the 1990 Slam Dunk Contest as a member of the Charlotte Hornets. Actually, I didn't know that. He can get up and dunk? Yeah. Rex? Rex? Oh, okay. I just uh, not well. He, did, he didn't win, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he was in the oh, wow. Slam Dunk Contest the in 1990. <laughs> uh, played four seasons with the Suns, 224 games, averaging 12.4 points, uh, 2.5 assists, 
and shot 36% from three-pointer. That's what we remember him yeah. mostly for. It's probably uh, in the 1997, the shot. Yo, in, yeah, in, I remember where I playoffs. was, exactly my reaction. It's like one of my very few uh, young, being a young person's son's uh, moments. moments. Yeah. It just like being on the floor going crazy after that shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, game three, impossible three with 1.9 left to tie the game. Off the comes to Chapman, almost overthrown. Chapman, long shot up. Oh! The shot, even the catch was hard to make. It looked like for a moment it was going to be thrown over Chapman's head. Look at this. This is highlight room. Get down, Rex Chapman. And he actually averaged 22.8 points per game in that series against the Supersonics, although the Suns eventually lost the series. Yeah, of course. So give it up for Rex Chapman one more time, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! He's also got, he's a great follow on Twitter. I was actually going to mention something about his social media. Yeah, yeah. it's really, it really good? funny and okay. good. Yeah, because I feel like I've seen things like bits and pieces, but I've never actually followed him. Or do you follow him? I on do. I, yeah, I do follow okay. yeah. Uh, Rex Chapman on Twitter. I don't have his handle off uh, the top of my head, but okay, it's like the real Rex Chapman, one of those. But it's, he has that famous uh, DUI. Didn't he get like a DUI mugshot? Uh, that I don't know. Yeah, I think he did. I don't know. I looked up Rex Chapman and it had a uh, photo of him. It looks like it was a DUI mugshot. So I'm assuming <laughs> no, that, he got a DUI. No, that was his uh, his NBA photo in 1997. Oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> no, <I don't> know. <laughs> All right. Next up on our list, uh, from 2001 to 2004, was a six foot two point guard from Georgia Tech. That would be Stephon Marbury. Starbury. Starbury, yeah. indeed. Uh, he was part of a 2001 trade that actually sent Jason Kidd to the Nets. Mm-hmm. So if you recall, Jason Kidd. Uh, dyed his hair blonde and we traded him mm-hmm. and then he went to the nba finals yeah. and almost won uh, but he ran into the the buzzsaw known as Shaq and kobe and the lakers mm-hmm. uh, but we got starbury out of the deal and i was i was excited when we got stefan marbury oh definitely he's actually he's probably my favorite player on this list just yeah. because when i grew up uh watching the suns like when i really got into him mm-hmm. it was definitely the year that we got stefan marbury so yep. he was the first suns jersey i ever bought oh really yeah yeah, that's why you have an affinity for that number three. It looks yep. so good on that jersey. Do you have the purple one or the white one? The purple one. Yeah. Yeah, it was very big, very large. I don't know <laughs> if it fits me anymore. But. Uh, he played three total seasons with the Suns, averaged 21.3 points per game, 8.1 assists per games, and had a 20.2 win share. So uh, in 2003, he was actually an all-star for the Suns, represented Phoenix, and made the third-team All-NBA. Yeah, I remember that year. It was him and Marion that went to the to the All Star game. It was uh, yeah. really great recognition for the Suns because it's been a while since we had anybody in the All Star yeah, game. So true. Uh, and then of course he made that huge shot. He made the three pointers. Time expired to win Game One against the Spurs in the playoffs. Marbury has it. Here's Marbury on the drive. Hands it Uh, we ended up losing in six to mm-hmm. the Spurs, of course. So once again, Stefan Marbury, number three. Next up on the list, once Marbury left, was Quentin Richardson, Q. Yep. Uh, six foot six, small forward slash uh, shooting guard from DePaul University. Sadly, only played one season with the Suns. Uh, averaged 14.9 points per game and 6.1 rebounds per game, and I think had one of the fastest jump shots 
I'd ever yeah. seen. It's crazy because I think anybody that played with Steve Nash, and he was only there for a year. Yep. It's like anybody, even if they played 10 days with the team, like you knew who they were. Like you can remember these players because Nash just made everyone that, that much, much better. That much better. Yeah. And so Quentin he Richardson, was one of those guys. And what was interesting is Quentin Richardson signed a six-year, $45 million contract with the Suns mm-hmm. as a free agent to start that season. And then they, they traded him with Nate Robinson to the Knicks for Kurt Thomas and DeJon Thompson. Uh, because after that playoff run in 0405, they believed that their need was an interior defender to assist Amari. Rather than have Amari play the five, yeah. put Kurt Thomas down there to answer for, to Duncan, and we'll surround Nash with other shooters. And when Quentin Richardson left, along with Joe Johnson, you know, we got some other pieces in there. But yeah. I really feel if we had just kind of kept that team together for one more run, we really could have made some damage. Yeah, you definitely. Know? Yeah, we mean, mentioned this before, too, where mm-hmm. players even talk about that season being the best season they had, the best chance they had at yes. a championship, and um, it just ended Because they brought in more quickly. players who had a defensive <clears throat> mindset, but it didn't translate to the court. They weren't. They, we were still a, such a, an offensive team. We should have just kept the offensive players versus sacrificing some offense for yes. for mediocre defense. They should have just been more confident in what they had as a Ex- team and yes. believed in it yeah. longer. Yeah, we could do a whole about. podcast on like the 0405 team and why we should have won <laughs> and how we no. feel that we didn't. And like, yeah. you know, um, again, back to Quentin Richardson. He set the Sun single season record for three points made with 226. Uh, which broke Dan Marley's record, and it's actually a, a record that still stands. Oh, wow. even all this yeah, time later, okay. uh, he won the NBA three point contest that year with the Suns. Yeah. That was the year with the Suns. Like every, we sent a bunch of guys to win like yeah. the skills challenge and the, the dunk. I think the only thing we didn't win was the dunk contest. And Marley was in that. And he didn't win that. He, he probably should have. Very creative. Him and yeah, Steve vi- Nash. Yes, oh, very man. creative. Yeah, but they just didn't give it to him because he's just too big. Yeah, and that team went sixty-two and twenty the only year that Q was here, and they lost in the Western Conference Finals against mm-hmm. the Spurs. Uh, next up on the list is 3D, Boris Diaw, war number three. Last name was Diaw, so it started with a D, 3D. Yeah, 3D. He could drive, dish, and defend, you know, yep. 3D. So they came up with all these nicknames for him. He was a six foot eight power forward slash shooting guard from France. Uh, played four total seasons with the Suns with 10.5 points per game, 4.7 assists, and 5.2 rebounds. We actually traded... Uh, Joe Johnson away and and some other assets in 2005 and Boris Diaw was one of those assets that we received back. Uh, 2006 playoffs was probably one of the highlights of his career as a son. In game one, he scored a career high 34 points in the Western Conference Finals against the Mavs, including the game winner with 0.5 seconds left. And the Mavs lead by one. Here's the inbound. Diaw puts the move on Stackhouse and scores with five tenths of a second left. And, of course, he was part of the famous Ori Nash altercation because he left the bench. He took, like, two steps off the bench mm-hmm. and was suspended. Yeah. And still one of the worst calls the NBA has probably ever done. And everybody who goes back and looks at that agrees. Because if you look at, like, earlier in the game, mm-hmm. there was a minor altercation because that was such a physical series. And, like, Duncan and Ginobili left the bench. And yeah. And they didn't call that. But Stoudemire and Diaw were suspended. And I feel like Diaw wasn't really, like... Um the sexy kind of player where it's like, oh, if you're missing him, you probably still have a chance if you have Amari. But he really was. He was really just a really good uh, core piece to that team. Mm-hmm. And it just showed when he went missing for that game. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they lost that game by two points without him and Amari. Yeah. Good glue guy. So, uh, Boris Diaw. Glue guy. Next up on the list, played for the Suns twice, wearing number three both times, both from 2008 to 2013. 
and 2016 to 2018. And that would be a six foot six power forward from Boston College, Jay Dudd, Jared Dudley. Yeah, guy just, just wants to be friends, you know. <laughs> it's actually the best sandwich down at Marley's. Get the Jared is Dudley. It? Okay. It's, it's a chicken sandwich with like sprouts on it. It's delicious. Seven total seasons with the Phoenix Suns. 468 games, 133 of those as a starter. Uh, he was actually traded with Jason Richardson for Raja Bell and Boris Diaw uh, in 2008. Okay. So again, the Suns were constantly trying to retool right there. I mean, yeah. it's like, okay, let's bring in Raja Bell. Let's bring in... Uh, Boris Dia, I mean, they just kept trying to retool, and it's just, you look at a lot of the, the championship teams, you look at, like, the, the Golden State Warriors, I mean, they added KD, but the same core players. You look at the Spurs and their five championships, the same core players. You look at the Miami Heat when they won a couple championships, the same core players. The Suns just didn't keep the same core players. Um, and so we brought in Jared Dudley. He was big in the 2010 playoffs, uh, shot 42.4% from three-point line uh, during that entire playoff run that we ended up uh, losing to the Lakers in the Western Conference Final that year. But he was a big piece of that. Uh, his career high of 36 points came as a member of the Suns uh, in 2012 against the Knicks. And then we actually traded him away uh, as part of the Bledsoe deal. So that three-team trade that eventually brought, brought Bledsoe here, that's where we got rid of Dudley. Then he came back in 2016, more in a bench capacity and like a veteran on the team, you know, because for the past few Sun seasons, we've just been drafting 18-year-olds yeah. and 19-year-olds. So we brought in Jared Dudley to kind of add that veteran presence. And he'll, he'll tell you that's why he was on the team and that's why he is continuing to play is to be a veteran presence. Uh, totals 8.7 points per game, 3.4 rebounds per game, and 40.4% from three in his career as a son. Yeah, I didn't know that. I was looking at his stats, and I was very, very surprised. Um, it wasn't as big as as much of the volume as uh, some players, but his percentage, wow. I would have thought maybe 30%, 33%. Yeah, seriously. I didn't know he was When you look back in, at Dudley, sure. you don't feel like confident every time he threw it up. He was one of those like, no, no, yes guys. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you shooting exactly. that? No, yeah. no, yes, no, no, it yes. went in. Yeah, yeah. that's Jared Dudley's career as a son. Uh, the next up on the list from 2013 to 2014 is a six-foot point guard from Wake Forest, much akin to Frank Johnson, who's also a point guard from Wake Forest, who wore number three for the Suns. This was Ish Smith. Ish Smith played one season with the Suns, 70 games. One of those was a starter. And he was traded from the Bucks as a part of the Karan Butler deal. So we gave up Karan Butler, and there was a bunch of different assets moved around, but we got Ish Smith out of the deal. points per game, 2.3 assists per game in his 70 games as a son. Ish Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Next up on the list, from 2014 to 2015, a 5'9 point guard from the University of Washington, IT, Mm -hmm. Isaiah Thomas. He only played one season with the Suns, 46 games. Uh, We received him in a deal from the Kings, uh, he actually participated in the NBA Skills Challenge during the All-Star break that year, uh, but he lost in round one to Patrick Beverly. It was interesting looking back at that like Skills Challenge, the list. There was a couple other sons, future sons in there, including uh, somebody else. The next person on our list was a member of that as another, another team. But a lot of uh, you could see that the sons kind of through the middle part of the decade were trying to bring in guys with skills. You know, yeah. IT was a dribbler and was was quick. Yeah, he have he got traded to Boston as part of a three team trade. In his short time here, he was eighty seven point two percent from the line, 
15.2 points per game and 3.7 assists. So what do you think on IT? Um, actually, I did love the signing. Whenever we signed them, I was just like, we're going to go out there and we're going to get the best available free agent. It was Isaiah Thomas at the time. Um, I never really thought about the whole point guard situations. I thought they were growing up something and working out. It didn't work out that way. Yep. Um, but I can see why now, just because IT, um, he is a starting point guard. He's been through some injuries, and uh, he had his time in Boston, and I hope he continues to really try to you know, provide for a team because I know he can. I know he can be a starting point guard in this league. Well, he was just such a dynamic scorer, and I think that's one of the things that caught us both off guard when he first came to the team. It was kind yeah. of one of those ho-hum signings. Okay, here's some depth at point guard because that's where we're lacking. And then when he would come in the game, you're like, oh, geez, this guy can put up points, and he can put them up yeah. quick. And then he obviously went on to Boston and helped take them to a playoff run before getting injured. Um, but do you think when he came here, do you think he just thought, like, hey, I'm going to be the starting point guard. I'm going to outplay these guys? Yes. Even that, though we thought of him as a six-man? Yeah, well, that's always been his mentality. I mean, he's five yeah, foot nine. I mean, you got to be that He's way. a fighter. Yeah. And it showed in his game mm-hmm. uh, and the way he played consistently. Next up on our list, a six foot two point guard from Kentucky, played from 2015 to 2016, Brandon Knight. Okay. So Brandon Knight was also in that skills challenge that Isaiah Thomas was in. Played three total seasons with the Suns, 117 games. He was traded from Milwaukee as a part of a three team trade that the Suns gave up Tyler Ennis and Miles Plumley. Uh, we also received a pick that, in a roundabout way, ended up becoming the Mikael Bridges pick. So that's when we received Knight. We ended up getting Bridges eventually. Uh, he signed a five-year, $70 million contract in 2015. Yeah. It's, in my opinion, one of the worst signings in Phoenix Suns history. Yeah, and it probably yeah probably was. But the thing is, with the Suns at that time, we were just looking for point guards. Yeah. You know, now, now we had to find somebody. And honestly, I'm not going to lie, I didn't mind Brandon Knight at first I feel like a lot of injuries got in his way and well, now he's kind of playing himself out of the league but at first I was kind of a big fan of his well I think when he first got traded over we were both very excited because he was a, a point guard who had some promise yeah we've been going through kind of the point guard Rolodex if you will trying to find the guy so we get him here I did think the signing was a little excessive for somebody who really didn't showcase too much you know five years 70 million it's kind of a lot to gamble on, and unfortunately, the gamble didn't pay off because in his time with the Suns, these are the these are the different injuries that he had: left ankle injury, left heel bone bruise, left abductor strain, sports hernia, and a torn left ACL. So the entire <laughs> left side of Brandon Knight is like yeah. just in shambles, mm-hmm. and that's unfortunately what kind of cut his career short here is the fact, and what put us in a tough spot with Bledsoe and, and a lot of different other point guards is because the guy we kind of brought on to be our point guard didn't pan out, and we signed him for that big money, and we couldn't get rid of that contract uh, until the time came and we traded him to Houston with Marquise, Marquise Chris, Chris yeah. which, thank God. Thank uh, God. His totals when he was with the Suns, 15 points a game, 3.8 assists a game. Brandon Knight, ladies and gentlemen. Second to last on our list will be Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza played 26 games for the Suns in 2018. He's a 6'8 small forward from University of California at Los Angeles, UCLA. Uh, he signed that one-year $15 million deal, and we ended up trading him to the Wizards for Kelly Oubre and my all-time favorite player, Austin Rivers, the guy who was too good to play in Phoenix. 
Yeah, well, he wants he's a champion. Yeah. Well, he wants to be a champion. Yeah, but he's he, he wants to fill that role. He's for a supposed to be team. on a championship team. That's who he That's is. That's where he is in his career. Yes, he, definitely. He's a champion. I don't know how he got there. You know, per per his own saying, I can't play for the Suns because they're not a championship contender. Uh, Total 9.9 points per game and four rebounds a game in his 26 games. Trevor yeah. Ariza, ladies and gentlemen. That was miserable. I don't know. Out of this whole list, I feel like maybe he was the worst um, signing. I know maybe the contract wasn't bad, but just having him around the team, it's some guy that didn't want to be here at all. I know Clearly he didn't, didn't want to be here. He didn't message it or anything about that, but he didn't uh, tweet about it and say that he wanted to be out of here, but definitely you can tell by his body language. You just watch the game. Around the, yeah, him and uh, who did they get from Houston at the same time? It was... Uh, Ryan Anderson. Ryan Anderson. They yeah. just didn't pan out. I know Ryan Anderson stuck around a little bit longer. That was such... I mean, that was, it was a contract dump for Houston. We got... I mean, he was like $25 million yeah. a year, and he was coming off the bench for us, and he wasn't doing anything, but mm. that's what it took to get rid of Brandon Knight's contract yeah. and Marquise Chris. So I, when, yeah. I would accept it, but again, two guys who just didn't do anything and clearly didn't want to be here. And do you remember just like when we were watching uh, the ESPN show when they just have the the uh, free agent special? Basically just um, the Suns picked up Ariza. We're like, what? And then we got Ryan Anderson too. And I was like, what? Like, why are What's we... What's going on? Yeah, why are we picking these guys up? I was always a big Josh Jackson believer. I'm like, that's going to take minutes away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the leadership, but it just the moves like that, it's just hopefully you, something that the Suns have moved past. You could tell that Ryan McDonough was grasping at straws at that point. He had just had the number one pick. He's just trying to put together something real quick. Yes. And yeah. it just did not work at all. And you could mm-hmm. tell... I mean, McDonough was out the door before the season even started. He yeah, was. Based and on we, those moves. I would have done it. the same thing. Like, hold on. You just got me Trevor Reza and Ryan Anderson. Yeah. You're fired. Get yeah, out of here. Yeah, it, 15 million it, it a year for a Reza? And a lot of players, even Marquise, I think it was Marquise Morris who tweeted out after he was let go, like, oh, thank God, about time. Because we never, we can't see what they're doing behind the scenes at yeah. all. But obviously, every player on that team was upset with his movement of the team. Yep. Didn't work out. Ariza is now playing for Sacramento. Who cares? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then last but not least on this list is Tsunami Poppy, a current Phoenix Suns fan favorite, rocking the number three. That's Kelly Oubre Jr., a six-foot-seven small forward from Kansas. Two years, $30 million a year. He just signed a contract in the offseason, currently averaging 17 points per game and 5.1 rebounds per game. Number three, a really good list of players on here. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, quickly, too, just a little bit of a tsunami poppy. Just he had a ask me any ask me anything thing on um, it was Reddit. Yeah, you ever seen those? Yeah, oh, yeah he did. AMAs. So little facts like he's a black belt in uh, karate. Really? Yeah, he is. Also, too, he dresses himself. He's a very uh, highly fashionable guy. Some guy I envy for that. But he does dress himself. A lot of players do not. This yeah, is Trevor Reza did not dress himself. No, he didn't. But this is a guy that wants to handle it himself. Well, I mean, he's the one who also started the Valley Boys <clears throat> movement. He yeah, him and DeAndre Valley... Aiden, yeah. Yep, they started they, the Valley Boys yeah. line of clothing. Valley Boys and girls. Yeah. That's what it is, yeah. And it's great because like when you see Rubio on the bench, or yeah. you know, you see him, they're wearing Valley Boy shirts. Yeah. You know, so he, with Kelly Oubre, and again, this is, this is a tough, you know, start bench trade with a player who's currently playing who we really, really like, and you don't know what the future is going to hold, but he he's somebody who's kind of resetting the culture in Phoenix and is embracing the city. You know, it's Valley Boys. That's not some, you know, personal, you know, LBJ wear, TB12 stuff. That is Valley, like Valley of the Suns, and he's embracing this city. So 
uh, it's gonna be hard not to pick him for one of these these categories. First thing when you heard about Valley Boys, what did you think about when you heard the name Valley Boys? I thought of like Clueless, the the movie Clueless. Really? Yeah, just like Valley oh yeah, Girls. like Valley yeah, Girls. Yeah, you know like, what I mean, something like that. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> that's that when you tell people like, hey, I'm a Valley Boy, like, uh, it's it's picked up on some uh, steam though. Oh yeah, yeah, big time. All right, so you want to get into start bench and trade? Yeah, where do you want to start? Let's start to start. To start, who you want to go first? Start? I always go first. You okay. go first this time, all right? Okay. So my starter on this list, just looking in the totality of this person's career, is probably the best person on this list at the time they played in the NBA. That'd be Stefan Marbury. Mm. You know, as we talked about, Stefan Marbury, out of everybody on this list, Stefan Marbury is the only one who made an all-star team. You know, some of them, you know, Rex Chapman was in the dunk contest and, and Kenny Battle was in the dunk contest and Isaiah Thomas and Brandon Knight, they were both in the skills challenge and, and uh, Quentin Richardson shot the three-point contest. So they all participated in activities around the All-Star game, but only one of them was truly an All-Star and that was Stefan Marbury and he was also third-team NBA that year in 2003. So mm-hmm. if I'm looking, if I have to start one of these guys, I'm going to go with the Stefan Marbury. It's kind of like you said, I was a big Stephon Marbury fan. The way that he would go down the lane and he would kind of cradle the ball like a, like he's a running back, mm-hmm. and the, the the guns on that guy. He was such a physically gifted player. Wasn't on a great team. Got Amari uh, at the number seven pick and kind of developed a relationship with them. It was actually one of my favorite two Ks to play. It was like NBA two K three. And oh, I would yeah. just play with Marbury and Stoudemire and just run the the pick yeah, and roll all day, and you know either you know go down the lane and, and throw it up if if they didn't switch on me or if they did, you know I'd give it to Amari and dunk it. So yeah. uh, Stefan Marbury is my start. Yeah, that's definitely mine too. Like I said on this list, uh, he was my first favorite Phoenix Sun. Kind of missed out on the Barkley era, um, but Stefan Marbury, he was some like he said he would take it down the lane. He would um, pretty much just bull his way through the lane yeah, and it had that little dozer. touch yeah he would touch have that little touch uh the floater the little floater, floater off the glass great, yes. like that was that was always it looked like an ugly shot but it, i swear that went in like 80 oh, percent yeah. of the time right yep. yeah that was my favorite part he was actually i feel like i haven't looked at the stats i don't need to he was actually a really good shooter i thought too uh, maybe not a three-point shooter but he had a really good mid-range game mm-hmm. and it was really the start of the before steve nash where we had marion and um stoudemire he really, I feel like, picked up that team from where uh, Kid left off. I really got into his shoes, too, and ones. Yeah. Uh, do you yeah. remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. The and one shoes. He was, the, and, the and one uh, mixtape tour. I yep. was always really into that. So he he was really representative of that. He had his own shoes. So every time he would come out with a new one, I would always just definitely pick those up and wear those to school, have people check them out. He was one of the first people like I wanted to be growing up, and one of the reasons I always wanted to be black. All right, well, who would uh, <laughs> who would uh, who would you bench out of these guys? This is a tough one. I would love to keep. I'm just gonna go through maybe a couple, but choose mine. I would love to keep Quentin Richardson on the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, depends what kind of offense. If we're doing the offense, we're of course 2004, 2005. I would definitely want him to come off the bench. Boris Diaw. I just. Like I said before, he was kind of like an unsexy player, but he would definitely get the job done. You always wanted a little bit more aggression with him, but he wouldn't provide it. I don't know if he was because he was a French player or something like that. Because that was always like the prototype of those dudes that you always thought, you know, a little bit soft, uh, someone that's not going to be as aggressive. More finesse. More finesse. finesse. Yeah. But yeah, out of those two, I'm going to choose Boris Diaw to come off the bench. Okay. Yeah. Um, The reason being is 
I always thought too, and I think they did this back in the day when Steve Nash was on the bench, where he can play kind of like the point center, where he actually had to play the center with Amari, and he did a good job because he was a big body, but also just to, to grab the rebounds. When they did grab the rebounds, it pushed up the floor. Um, I feel like he would fit very well into today's NBA. Without a doubt. Yeah, definitely. And when he played on the Spurs too, it really showed um, just everything he was about on that team. And he, yeah, he won a ring in, uh, what was it? 14? 2014, yeah. And I think he was always kind of felt like a Spurs player on the Suns team. Um, It's too bad we couldn't get anything done with him, but he was a great uh, addition. I I would love him coming off the bench and taking over kind of like the point center role for the team. Yeah, I think he would fill that role and do it well. You know, he is somebody who's a finesse player. He can play multiple positions. He's not just a power forward or a small forward. He was a point. He was like a, you know, six foot eight point guard and could run the floor and you know, if you need to call on him with three minutes left in the first, you know, that's kind of the way I always look at it. Who am I calling on at three minutes left in yeah. the first to carry the next, you know, iteration of the... Make the smart play. Make the smart plays. Yeah. I mean, that's... Dial's a good call. Uh, my bench player is between two players, and it's either between Rex Chapman or Isaiah Thomas. Uh, Rex Chapman, given his ability to, to shoot the three, he's one of those guys who largely was coming in off a bench role to begin with and could make big shots and clutch shots. And he's the guy who comes in, you know, with three minutes left in the first and just starts jacking up some threes and moving the game and the needle in the, in your favor. Uh, but I am going to go with Isaiah Thomas as my bench player. If, he, if Isaiah Thomas is my backup point guard, I'm a happy coach. I'm a happy fan. He's somebody who can come in and is electric mm-hmm. and can guide the team because he's still got the point guard ability, but can fill up that bucket and fill it up quick. And I just wish that the Suns could have hold, held on to him for one more year. That year he was in Boston and showed off his skill and eventually took over their starting point guard position. I wish that would have been uh, on the Suns because he really would have helped push that team forward and helped us score a lot more points than we were at that time. Yeah, and you were always a big Dragic guy, right? Yeah, oh, big yeah. time. Yeah, would you have chosen him over Dragic? Like, if, no. if you had to choose, no? No, because Dragic. Yeah, he, the size and just. Yeah, the defensive liability. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That IT was always couldn't guard anybody. I mean, again, this whoever you're choosing to bench isn't going to be your greatest defender because they're going up against their, uh, uh, you yeah. know, potentially another bench player. Yeah, I like Goran a lot better than IT. Yeah, good choice. I think, too, with the Isaiah, we saw when we signed him where he's going to be the best at being a, point, a starting point guard. And I think him coming off the bench, I think he needs to be in the game at least 35 minutes. Uh, maybe he can come off the bench and play 25-26, but he's a guy that I feel like needs to be with the first team, feel it out, and just um, take it from there. Because I think just starting the game for him is kind of like an accomplishment, something that, yeah, yeah, he's like, I, I'm. this is my team. He wanted to always be that guy, and he got the opportunity. Um, but that's a great choice. I, I like that. One. I'm kind of jealous, you know, because now it's like, who are, who are we gonna um, trade? I don't know who. Well, that, I wanna... that, all right, do you want to go like, on that one? Yeah, I mean, I have reasons for my trades, you know, because again, I like a lot every guy. In this me list, too, except for uh, uh, Grant Gundrezic. Yeah, it's because we're not familiar. We no don't. We is. never I, like Kenny Battle. I remember like, I had Kenny Battle's card, like basketball yeah. card, growing up. It's like I knew who everyone on this list was, but the first guy. Yeah. And it is tough to trade him, you know, because I feel Ariza's too easy. Like, I'm not going to say trade Ariza because it's yeah. too easy. I got recency biased against him. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go with him. So okay. who are you thinking? Uh, I was going to do Isaiah Thomas. Okay. But it's just, I don't know. I mean, I always liked Isaiah. Um, 
I think the biggest reason is just going to be just as much as you can get back for them. Because you can mm-hmm. get players back. I know the Suns are the worst at training players. I mean, we have players on this team that we are... We used to be really good when Colangelo was around. Yeah, it's just and like... James Jones, we've really yet to see his capacity for trading. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> Ryan McDonough, I don't think, won a trade. Well, I think... Well, with James Jones right now, he yeah. did... I, people say the trades were bad, but it's just like he wanted his own team. He's going to get rid of these players. Oh, yeah. That's why he's that are gonna too early to judge the chemistry. James Jones. Yeah, but I'm I'm thinking, though, I just we always get screwed on the trades in the past, and we always just had all-star potential with mm-hmm. these players. And then the players are just like, I want out of here because this is not the situation I want to be in. Yeah. So then other teams, they take that as their advantage to get back a great all-star player. Yeah, yeah. Give up little. Pennies on the But um, Isaiah, I guess I would just trade him. Like you said, him being a liability on defense, maybe that's something that I want to want. Because right now, having Rubio, um, I think you just see how much... It makes a difference on the team, offensively and defensively, where you have a guy that is probably one of the better defensive point guards. So for Isaiah, I would definitely trade him. Uh, in return, what would I get? Depending what the team has, picks, uh, maybe picks, but it depends on the team's needs. So I think for me, I would get the best value from Isaiah Thomas. So I would choose him. Okay. I would hate to see him go, but no, we'll I watch hear the you. Well, leave. the person I'm going to say break, would break my heart to see go, and we actually did trade him, and we didn't maximize his value or get what I feel we could have for this player. And mine's Quentin Richardson. Yeah, And here's the reason why. You look at Quentin Richardson, he had signed a big contract, not a huge contract, but a big contract as a free agent with the Suns, you know, a six-year, $45 million contract. And then he came out, and he had a career year with the Suns. You know, all-time, three-point-made-in-franchise-history kind of year. You maximize that, and you trade that. You know, and the Suns did make the right move, I feel, in trading him. I don't like what they received back because again, we talked about it earlier. They went for a more defensive down low presence to kind of combat Duncan, and they should have gotten something that helped them win more. And Kurt, you can't tell me that Kurt Thomas was a better son than he Gwen wasn't. Richardson. I never liked Kurt Thomas. No, <laughs> Frankenstein. Sorry. Yeah, he didn't. Slow mo, yeah. sad Kurt, eyes, sad yeah, puppy yeah. eyes. You know. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. But he, yeah, I don't. What we got back with Kurt Thomas, it just was very frustrating. And Um, I I don't know what was on the market at the time. I don't know what we could have done better. But I will say in this scenario, of all the people who wore number three, I would trade Quentin Richardson based on the one year that we had with him and the potential that we could get back with him, the Mm -hmm. return. I would like to trade Brandon Knight because I think he had the worst contract, but the return wouldn't be as high because you're not going to get somebody who's the entire left side of their body is in a cast. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to want to give you anything for that. Whereas Quentin Richardson, exactly. you think you're getting a three-point shooter uh, who can fill it up from downtown, you're going to trade something for that. Yeah. So that's my trade. No, that's good. There's one guy, of course, we didn't mention, Kelly Oubre, um, on this list, just too new. I feel like... yeah. I don't know. I still don't know exactly what he's got. Well, if you listen to this podcast and you heard my uh, take on Uber, I love him. But he's a guy I always wanted to come off the bench. So maybe I should have chose him as bench because I've been preaching it all year. (laughs) Even though he keeps keeps coming out with great games. And I think what's pushing him is just, you know, the backup's doing well. Well, Exactly. There's there's competition at that small forward spot. And, you know, the moment he's not playing well, he'll he'll head to that bench. But we'll Mm -hmm. talk about that on the recap pods. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so there you have it. That is our start bench and trade for jersey number three. 
We both agreed that our start would be Stefan Marbury. My personal bench would be Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew, you chose Boris Diaw. Boris Diaw. I barely remember you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then for trade, I chose Quentin Richardson, and mm-hmm. you chose Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. So there you have it. I mean, does your list agree with ours? What do you think of the jersey number three? Who would you start? Who would you bench? Who would you trade? Please let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram under the same handle. Uh, stop by our Facebook page. You know, just leave us some comments. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, we really enjoy doing these podcasts. We hope you enjoy listening. So, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, uh, this was actually a lot of fun. And uh, what's after three? What number is that? Number four. four. So number, number four. four is next time. Right? Yes. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> so next week, number four. Um, I'm with it. And last thing I got to say is go home and love your family. Okay, I think I shall. All right, take care. Everybody.